Once again, I want to say Merry Christmas to you, and, and we're glad that you're here this particular Christmas Eve to celebrate the birth of Jesus. That's why we've come together today. And you know what? We've almost made it to Christmas Day. A few more hours, we'll be there. I talked to uh, some friends of mine in Nepal a little while ago, and it's already Christmas Day there. They're, they're uh, up and about and, you know, ready for, ready for the day. They have a big celebration to uh, uh, Christmas Day instead of Christmas Eve. They don't do Santa Claus and all that other stuff that Christmas is in the United States. So Christmas Day is their big celebration. And they said to tell each one of you here, Merry Christmas. I have a question for us as a group to consider tonight, and that's this. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? tonight are you waiting for family to arrive are you waiting because when you left that special delivery package had not gotten here yet and you're wondering if it will show up in time for Christmas are you waiting for direction or healing Maybe you're just waiting for me to stop talking and to get over this craziness that is the Christmas season around us so that life can be, get back to normal, whatever, whatever normal might be for you and me. Whatever it is you're waiting for, I'm going to ask you just for a few minutes here to set it aside. Forget about it. And spend the next few minutes... This particular Christmas Eve, watching and waiting for the miracle, for the miracle of Christmas, the coming of God, the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, come to earth in the body of an infant. What an absolutely amazing thing when you think about it. There's a song called Miracle by a songwriter named David Wilcox. And it's a story about the risk of missing Jesus at Christmas time. And here's a few of the words from, from one of the verses. It says, Few will choose to follow out of all the star invites. Most will hide safe inside with their lantern turned up bright, waiting for a miracle. So tonight I invite you into the darkness, because it's in the darkness, you see, that we see most clearly the light of Christmas. And it's where we experience the gifts that Jesus offers us this season. So once again, what are you waiting for tonight that could take your eyes off of the coming of the Savior? What could get in your way? What's more important? What's hindering your journey this evening to the manger in Bethlehem? What expectations are you holding so tightly onto that 
that they may distract you from the true depths that are offered in Jesus Christ himself. What's keeping you from seeing the miracle? Tonight I'm inviting you to experience the greatest gift of all, the gift of God made flesh in Jesus Christ. And I invite you, whatever your background, whoever you are, wherever you're from, whatever you've done, to follow Him. Instead of just waiting for a miracle, let's step out tonight into that darkness and allow the light of Jesus to shine in our lives as we accept the gifts of Christmas. As a church, we spent the last four weeks journeying through what's called the Advent season. Advent is a word that means coming, and, and, and it's a time when we're uh, celebrating the coming of the Christ child to the world. It, it's marked by expectation and waiting and anticipation and longing, things that we all have in our lives. During Advent, we light candles on a wreath. You see them up here. Uh, we've lit four of them so far. And tonight, we're going to light the fifth candle. The, the candles, we said, represented gifts. Gifts of hope and love and joy. Looks like joy's kind of dim. And peace. Those are the gifts that we've offered up so far. The gift of hope. Hope. And I said that means assurance. Not, not I wish something would happen, but I am sure this is going to happen. And the people of Israel, the chosen people of Israel, had waited and waited and waited and waited after they heard that Isaiah scripture that I read to you earlier. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And you can imagine them saying, when, 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 when is this going to happen? Generation after generation after generation, hundreds of years, thousands of years they waited. But they had hope. They had assurance because God's word told them it was going to happen. And everything that God had told them in his word had come to pass. They had confidence. They had faith. They had assurance. They had hope in God's word. They could trust him. And I'm sure there's some that turned away. Some of them that just got tired of waiting. They gave up hope. They thought, well, I, you know, maybe we misread this thing. Maybe not. Second candle was the candle uh, or the gift of love. And I said, I don't know whether you realize it or not, but Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve is the most popular day of the year to get engaged. Matter of fact, we would think it would be Valentine's. Valentine's Day is way down the list. It's like number four or five. Christmas Eve, 
is number one. Christmas Day is number two. So this season is a season of love. Christmas is a season of love. And we're reminded of that scripture that if you've ever walked in a church, you've probably heard from John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved that he gave. Who did he love? He loved the world. That's great, isn't it? Let me tell you, God loved you so much that he gave his son. You. And you. And you. And you. He loved you so much that he gave his son. I, I can remember the day that that finally fell from here to here for me, and I realized it wasn't just the world, it was me. That was a personal message to me. For God so loved George that he gave his only son. Put your name in there and see if you can't personalize the love of God this year. The sacrifice that was given for you and for me. The third candle represents joy. And, w- and we said that all of creation was joyful that Jesus had come. They had been waiting too, and now it had happened. Psalm 96 says, Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea resound, and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. In other translations, it says, clap their hands for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. Why? For He comes. Who's the He? Jesus, Messiah, Christ comes. And all of creation joined in the celebration. In the Christmas story that we read, we even had an example of that. The shepherds, the shepherds, out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night, as it says. They were oblivious to everything else that was going around. They were looking out for wild animals, wolves and uh, lions and other things that might take the, the the sheep away. And all of a sudden, heaven exploded. Heaven exploded to them. And what did they do? How did they feel about it? They were scared to death. Wouldn't you be scared to death? But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So the angel addressed their fear first. And then he helped them move beyond that fear, to where they could receive the message of joy that was the gift to them, that the Savior, the Messiah, the one Israel had anticipated and waited for, had been born, finally. And they maybe didn't understand all of it, 
They decided they would go and look with their own little eyes to make sure that this was true, what they were told. And it said in verse 20, they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. The message of joy. But joy comes so often to us when we're not expecting it. Joy comes to us when we can't possibly muster up the joy. When we're in the midst of a trial, when we're in the midst of health problems, when we're in the midst of losing our jobs, when they're in the midst of bankruptcy, when we're in the midst of a divorce or a relationship split up of some sort. That's when we find joy. James 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So this Christmas, let us experience a time of gratitude and obedience and abiding in His love as we anticipate the joy that He brings. Last week we talked about the gift of peace. I think I told you that that first night, that first silent night that we sang about here, that silent night was not so silent in Bethlehem. See, the world was not at peace. Maybe even more so than today. There was a divide between God and His people. And it seemed like that would never, never be made right. There was conflict among families and nations. And there was unrest in the hearts of so many of the people that had tried to believe for thousands of years. But in the midst of that, Jesus came. In the midst of all that, as the Prince of Peace. And the Apostle Paul says this in Philippians 4, 5. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what's going to happen? The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's a peace I can't explain to you. It's a peace that many of you have experienced, but it's beyond explanation. It's a peace when there should be no peace at all. And yet, it's the calmest you've ever felt. You know that God's in the situation. He's there for you. The peace of Christ is strong and powerful. It says it guards our hearts and it guards our minds. It's stronger than any difficulty that you might be facing. Anything. Nothing stronger than that. Jesus tells us uh, this in John chapter 16. He says, I have told you these things. All the things that that John has talked about in his uh, gospel. I have told you these things so that in me and Jesus, you may have peace. 
in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus promised us that there was going to be trouble. I've had so many people say, well, I, I gave my life to Jesus. I'm a Christian now. Shouldn't life be better? Well, no, we're still in the world. And the world's still going around in chaos. We're right in the middle of it. It's just that we have Jesus with us, and he says that he has overcome that. Hang on, hang on for just a little bit. I've overcome that. Just hang, bear with me a little bit more. You'll have peace. There is peace today, but there's complete peace when he comes that second time. Complete peace. And finally tonight, we're looking at this center candle, this white candle. It's called the Christ candle, and it's the gift of Jesus. We celebrate the baby wrapped in a cloth and lying in the manger. And we know that he is the greatest gift of Christmas to all of us. He is the hope bringer. He is love come down from heaven to earth. He is the joy giver. He is the peacemaker. Jesus is the bringer of eternal life and, and a restored relationship with God. He's the giver of life in full. Life abundant, he says in John 10.10. 10. He is the way and the truth and the life, as he describes himself in John 14. Jesus is everything. He's everything. He is the miracle. Don't be looking for a miracle. He is the miracle. And he's so humble that we oftentimes miss him. He's the gift who entered the dark and normal night millennia ago, 2,000 years ago, as a fragile little baby. A human baby. One of us. But he was different. You see, he is God. So loving and powerful that he willingly stretched out his arms on a cross later on to carry our sin and shame and burden and death in order to give us a way to make a way to himself in eternity. And here tonight where our Advent journey ends, a new journey begins. A journey of worship. I hope that's what this has been tonight for you. It, it's our act of worship to receive the gift of Jesus this Christmas. And then we can respond by bringing our worship back to him. Like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the angels and the wise men, we all rejoice in his coming. We, re, we worship Emmanuel, God with us. 
And tonight as we light this final candle in our Advent wreath, I want us to worship the king that it represents. Let me close with this. In a, in a blog posted on a website, it was called, the website's called On Being with Krista Tippett. She shared a magical moment from her family's own uh, Advent uh, past. And it's a beautiful picture that I think we need to share as we close this evening. She wrote this. Last night, Stella, the youngest, loudest, and most active person in our family, sat mesmerized by the candle flame in the Advent wreath. It lit a soft, warm circle around her face and hands, slowly bowing back and forth. She stared in a rare moment of silence. And then she smiled. Look, she said, wonder-drenched and, and innocent in all that she was. Look, it's reaching for me. The light's trying to reach me. So tonight, as we light this final candle in the Advent wreath, the light is trying to reach you. The light of the world has come. And he is trying to reach you. Extending hope and love and joy and peace. I don't know some of you. I've, I've, I got to meet some of you right before the service. I'm so glad you are here. But I don't know much about you. I know that many of us, when we come to, the, to this house of worship or any house of worship, we feel like we've got to put on our best self. We put on that Jesus smile in the parking lot and walk on into the building, don't we? We may have been arguing in the car all the way to church, but once, we're in the, once we turn into that parking lot, it's the Jesus smile. We have on our best suit, tie. We think we've got to be cleaned up. And presentable for other people. But so often, even those of us in the church put on our robes or our formal outfits and cover up a show that's underneath, the real self that's underneath. I want you to know that Jesus takes you, invites you to come to him, calls you to himself exactly as you are. Exactly as you were when you were at home getting dressed to come here. 
or before you got dressed to come here, or, you know, whatever you'd been doing all day long. He doesn't look at your clothes. He doesn't look at how your hair's done or not done. Makeup's on, you know. He loves you. God loves you so much that the Bible says, while we were still sinners, he sent Christ to die for us. Jesus loves you. He knows you by name. And you think you came in here tonight with some issues? I, I borrowed this uh, crash scene up here. Because there's some interesting characters here. We talked about the shepherds already. These guys. Now, this looks like a Renaissance shepherd. Uh, you know, kind of dressed up. He's even got bagpipes or a flute or something. And Shepherds were hated. Shepherds were miserable people. They slept out in the fields with the sheep. They smelled like sheep. They smell like poo. People didn't want to be around shepherds. And I think it is amazing. Absolutely amazing. That the first people that the angels reported the birth of Jesus to were shepherds. Shepherds, the lowest of the low. He wanted to be sure they were included. They felt like they were a part of this wonderful event. So they were invited to come and join the festivities here at the manger. And these guys, these, these kings over here, they weren't there. They weren't there that night. They didn't come for two, two years. Did you know that? Go back and read Matthew. Jesus was about two years old when they showed up. They started out that night when the star appeared, but it took them a while to get to where they were going. And it doesn't say how many there were. It says they brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So we think, well, there's probably three, you know. We don't know. They came for one purpose and one purpose alone to worship the king. They didn't even know him. They weren't Jewish, they weren't Christian, but they knew that this star meant joy and they were going to worship that king. And they felt like they belonged as well. That's the way we want you to feel this evening. God has called you here this evening for a special purpose. To present to you the gift of Jesus Christ, His Son. And if you've been pussyfooting around with the idea of, well, you know, someday I'll... I was talking to somebody today and they really really wanted to put it off a little while they didn't really want to do it right now 
Well, I don't know whether I've got tomorrow or not. I don't know whether I've got till the rest of the night. So it's a good thing to go ahead and make that decision now instead of waiting till it's too late. You know, you can't choose the time. He chooses the time. So Jesus is inviting you to accept him tonight. As Jennifer comes and reads to us and lights the Christ candle this evening, keep those things in mind. Please. I pray you see his beautiful face in this reading, both as an infant and as our constant companion and friend. God became man. The white candle in the Advent wreath is called the Christ candle, and it reminds us that on that first Christmas, God became man. And why did God do such a thing? Why did God come into the world as a baby? Well, simply put, God became like us so that we could become like him. Amen. The Gospel of John tells the Christmas story from this perspective. Listen to what the Bible says. Reading from the Gospel of John, John chapter 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never, never extinguish it. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, us, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes only from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus is God's one and only Son, the Word of God, that the Gospel of John is talking about. But what did it cost Jesus to leave heaven and come to earth as a human being? Listen to what the Bible says. A reading from the letter to the church in Philippi. Philippians chapter 2. Though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Makes you want to shout. Today, we light the white candle reminding us that God became a human being. Praise Jesus.
Well, let's pray. One translation of the Bible says, the word Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Lord Jesus, it's hard for us to imagine what it must have been like for you to leave your perfect world in heaven to become a human being like us and live in our broken world. We don't know the difference, but you did. We are amazed by it all. And all we can say is thank you. Open our eyes tonight to glimpse your glory, full of grace and truth. Open our hearts to welcome you into our homes and our neighborhoods. And fill us with your life and light so that we too may be counted as children of God, your children. We look forward to that day when the whole world will confess you as Savior and Lord. And we ask this in your precious, glorious, beautiful, peaceful, powerful name. Amen.